For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's time for Tim. The Tim Weisberg Show on 1420 WBSM and streaming live on WBSM.com and the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message through the WBSM app. And now, WBSM's big gun, Tim Weisberg. And good morning. Happy Monday to you. Welcome into the show. Hope that your day is starting off right and that your week is starting off right. And we've got a lot that we can discuss today. Coming up later on, we will be joined by Jack Spillane of New Bedford Light. We'll be turning on the light about all kinds of things happening in and around the city. And I think that there's been one thing that's been happening around the city is uh, there's been a number of fires. And yesterday we had the story of the Saturday fire. I, I would have gotten to it Saturday, but I was here. There was a lot of stuff going on during the day. And then I went home and had to do some other stuff that normally I would have done in the morning on Saturday so I wasn't really paying full attention. But we got the story up yesterday about the kitchen fire uh, on Beetle Street. That was thankfully easily contained, but that uh, has displaced seven people. There were seven people living in that apartment, and now they are without a place to live, at least temporarily. The, again, the fire was was contained to the kitchen, but they have to... You know, get in there and start doing all the work. Uh, then there was another fire on Blackmore Street. Kate's working on the story on that. There was, I, I don't, I don't know what's going on. Uh, we we had when we had the mayor in talking about these fires. He talked, you know, the one in um, the one in uh, on Beetle Street was a kitchen fire that was a cooking accident. The one that happened in the in the fatal fire that happened in the. Royal Crown Rooming House was because of a microwave. So these are these are things incidents where people are following the rules, where they're not being irresponsible. Where you would, I mean, if you read the New Bedford Light article, which we'll talk about with Jack, there was a number of issues with the Royal Crown Rooming House. Now, this was something that the mayor, when he was with us, was telling us how they had just applied to get the sprinkler permits and they were going to be installing sprinklers and that the fire system was working, the fire alarm system was working, and that's why almost everybody was able to get out. But if you look at the New Bedford Light report, there were a lot of issues, block stairways and entryways that were nailed shut and things like that. So... I think as these investigations go on and as we get more information about these fires, we might find out a little bit more. But 
it, it doesn't seem like folks are doing the wrong thing in these incidents. It's not like somebody's falling asleep with a lit cigarette or, you know, putting something on top of a space heater or leaving a, a heater plugged in too long or one of those incidents. But anyway, the thing that I found interesting was uh, in that fire, in that Beetle Street fire, the kitchen fire on Saturday, someone had parked in front of the hydrant. And the fire department did what they had to do in that situation, which was break out the windows of that car to run the hose through. And I saw a comment where someone said, well, did they have to break the windows? Couldn't they have just put the hose up and over the car or under the car or gone around the car? But the point is, you're not supposed to be parked in front of the fire hydrant. And I think that it needs, you know, you can't bend the hose around. But the, the bottom line is it's illegal. You're not supposed to be parked there. And this person learned that the hard way. So as part of the parking enforcement that we heard the New Bedford Police Department was going to be stepping up, that was one of the things that they were going to be looking out for. But it's interesting, if you look at that photo, which you can see at WBSM.com and on the app, you can see that that car was not just parked in front of a hydrant, but it was also parked at the very edge of a crosswalk, right on the corner. So that car just shouldn't have been there altogether. Now, I don't know if it was somebody who left it there, you know, overnight. This was an afternoon fire, so, you know, was it somebody who had parked it there? at some point and left it there? Or was it somebody who parked there and thought they were going to run into somebody's house real quick and grab something and then get back in the car? It, it, it doesn't matter. You still can't park there. And this is a problem across the city. This is a problem across not just the, the near north end where things are very tight and congested or parts of the south end where things are very tight and congested. It's a problem all over. A city that relies on its hydrant system to be able to battle these fires needs access to those hydrants. And it's not just that issue that is part of the parking issue. There are so many other problems. We, we talked with some folks last week who were discussing people parking in front of driveways, people who are bringing oversized vehicles and parking them on the street, businesses that even though they have parking lots, they have the side streets filled with their fleet vehicles, cutting residents out from being able to park there. So I'm glad that the police department is enforcing this because, you know, you go out there, you, you go out and you try to go to a, a restaurant or you try to go out for a couple of drinks and you can't find a parking space, okay, mm, that's not great for business. It's the same reason why we were talking about the downtown businesses being so aggravated with the parking meters. They're worried about people not wanting to pay to park in order to go to their businesses. Well, hey, at least downtown, people have some options. You know, these the businesses on, on the Ave, they don't have that option. If people can't find a parking space there, they just keep driving.
But imagine being the people that live there, trying to go home for the night. Long day of work. You're finally getting home. You're ready to, to park the car and go up and have dinner and, and, and maybe watch a little TV before you go to bed. And you can't find a space. You've got to park three, four blocks away. Walk home. And then the next morning, you've got to get up a few minutes earlier because you've got to walk three or four blocks back. So I'm glad that they're enforcing some of this parking. You might not feel the same way if you're one of those people that are abusing it. But something's got to be done. And we talked about it with uh, City Council President Linda Morad and, and Ward 6 Council Ryan Pereira on Friday. Where, you know, there is this, this commentary that's out there. People have been commenting on the police post and on our, our story about it at WBSM's Facebook page. Who have been saying... This is a money grab by the Mitchell administration. It, it's, it's not. It's something that's necessary. It's something that the, the counselors have been asking for. And this is proof that there is an issue. This is proof that there is a problem. I don't think it's an isolated issue that this car was parked in front of a hydrant on Saturday. I think it's probably something that the police are, I mean, that the fire department is encountering more than we know about. But in this particular instance, they just decided to make an example of this vehicle. Now, when the police put the post up, they blocked out the license plate. So at least they weren't trying to shame the person per se, but they were just trying to point out the situation. And I talked with, uh, with Ward 2 Councilor Maria Giesta about this yesterday. And she said, you know, seconds count in these situations. And even those couple of seconds they had to spend breaking the windows of that car and running the hose through it could have cost somebody their life. Thankfully, there were no injuries in, in this fire. Uh, I believe in the Blackmore Street fire, both, both of those fires, there were no injuries to either residents or, or firefighters. We are still waiting to hear, hear back from New Bedford Police as to why someone was arrested at that Beetle Street kitchen fire. And I don't want to speculate on it, but perhaps it was someone just acting inappropriately. I don't know. But the the point is, how many times have you seen this and, and thought to yourself, oh, that's that's going to be a problem if there's a fire and here there was a fire and it could have been a problem. People who park in the turnarounds, you know, there's some tight streets in the north and the south end. In the west end, too. There are tight streets where it's going to be hard enough for fire trucks to get down them. Let alone cars blocking the emergency access areas. Blocking the hydrants. Blocking handicap spaces. My favorite excuse that people use for that is, well, there's no handicapped person in this neighborhood. Well, that doesn't mean that you can use that space. What if a handicapped person is coming to the neighborhood? That's like saying, well, I can use the handicapped spaces here in the parking lot because, you know, there's, there's nobody here right now that needs it. No, <laughs> that's not how it works. 
It almost reminds me of that uh, that Curb Your Enthusiasm scene where Larry David goes and uses the handicap stall in the bathroom because there's no handicap people using the bathroom at the time. And then a handicapped person comes in and says, what are you, what are you doing? Like, why are you using that? There's other stalls that are for you. So I don't know, and I'm, 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 I don't know for sure what the, the penalties are that they're, they're dishing out for people with this parking enforcement, the stepping up of parking enforcement. Perhaps they're just leaving you a warning. But you've got to know, and you've, you've got to, I, I don't, it's just arrogance. That's the only thing I can think of. Only arrogance allows you to park in front of a hydrant. And you can't say, well, I didn't know I wasn't supposed to park there. Because if you didn't see that there was a hydrant there, you were also on the corner, you were also at an intersection. I mean, do we need to have signage put up all over the city where it says you can't park any further than this? You can't park any further, uh, any further back than this? Because I think people don't understand the rules as we learned. We found out that it's, what, two and a half feet on, other si- on either side of a driveway. How many of you remembered that? How many of you knew that from reading the RMV test booklet? Assuming that was even in there. I don't even know if that was in there. How many of you knew that you had to be 10 feet from a hydrant? That one I did know. And I only know it because I looked it up. Because I went, when I filmed something at Fairhaven Town Hall um, a couple months ago, I filmed a, a cable access show with Charlie Murphy and I went to go and park outside the town hall and it was snowing and there was very few places to park and I saw a hydrant and there was a space and there was a pretty big space around it and I looked up on my phone, how far do you need to be from a hydrant? And I said, okay, I think I can pull this off. (laughs) And I'm like walking 10 paces to make sure that my, my, my feet are a size 12. So I'm assuming they're pretty close to a foot to an actual, you know, measured foot. And I'm, I'm walking, you know, 10 paces to make sure that I'm okay. But this, this person had to have known that what they were doing was wrong. And if they didn't know then, they certainly know it now. 508-996-0500 is the way to call in and chime in on that. I mean, maybe, maybe you've been in that situation. It's okay. It's okay if you've been in that situation and you've had your windows broken and you learned your lesson. We won't, we won't chastise you too much, but this happens, I think, far more often than people realize. So I want to hear it today. I want to hear those parking horror stories because I can tell you this much. The city councilors are listening. The police department is listening. The mayor's office is usually listening. Somebody in there usually has WBSM on. So you've got the ears of the people who can make these problems, you know, stop these problems while they're happening. If you want to call in and share them. And we will see if we can get some of those things taken care of for you. 508-996-0500. I was going to take a break, but you know what? Let's let's take this phone call. Good morning. You were on WBSM. Hello. Uh, good morning, Tim. How are you doing? Good. How are you? 
doing well. So, refs, rules of the road on people driving and parking. Um, you're absolutely right that, I mean, people need to be more aware of this stuff. Uh, the guy that got his, or the person that got their window smashed because they parked in front of a hydrant, shame on them. Um, some other rules that people are not aware of that I've actually gotten tickets for. You, you're um, In the city, you're supposed to park 20 feet away from a corner. Oh, 20 feet? So wow, that's, that's... 20 feet from the corner. Which, um, in New Bedford, is hard, especially in the north and south end, where you have a lot of cars and not a lot of parking. I was going to say, I've seen I've seen people parked way, way closer than 20 feet. Oh, absolutely. So, I mean, but that guy with the hydrant, or the, the car with the hydrant, they also were on the corner as well. Mm-hmm. And they but, were right on the crosswalk, too, it looked like. Exactly. Well, so he got nailed on a couple of things. But as well, that's also so the apparatus for firefighters and, you know, ambulances can make these turns. And they and get to fires or if there's an emergency for them to get to. So there are reasons for that. And we're seeing, we're, we're certainly seeing enough fires happening in that vicinity to, yes, to, to warrant enforcement of it there. Correct. So there are little things. I mean, I, I feel, and I was having a conversation this with a friend of mine the other day, that the, uh, the, the test that people are going for in, for uh, getting their license should be stricter. And there shouldn't, they should be a little more in, uh, enforcement and a little more adherence to the rules and knowledge of rules of the road, maybe more of like what they do in Europe, where not everyone passes their test all the time. And most people actually fail, like in the, almost, like 75% of the people fail first time they take their road test. Well, and I think, too, you might learn everything, memorize everything in order to go and get, you know, take your road test and get your license, but then you forget it all. You know, I, I don't remember all these things that I studied in the book. One of my favorite facts that I remember from the book is you can actually turn left on red in Massachusetts when you're turning from one one way onto another one way, and that one way is turning left. Huh. So. Well, you just gave me yeah. an article idea. Thanks. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> All right. Well, that's it. I'll let you go. Have a great day. Keep up the good work. Love you, listening to you. You as well. Take care. Hey, bye. 508-996-0500. Good morning. You're next on WBSM. What's going on, Tim? How you doing, John? Uh, another day. Up in Situate, driving a truck, talking about driving. So I uh, and and, and uh, the traffic enforcement laws and everything. So I figured I'd chime in. Oh, absolutely! You probably uh, see a lot of it. Yeah. Oh, it's unbelievable. Um, and it's only going to get worse with the with this. You know, the generation, these kids now with their cell phones and getting licenses. It's only going to it's only going to get worse. I thought I thought I seen the peak of it. You know, with my with my driving career, I've been driving for about eleven years now, and uh, well driving truck for 11 years and you know i was like wow this is just getting progressively worse as time goes on you know but i have a feeling it's going to get even worse you know and it's like the caller said before there needs to be strict uh uh you know driving schools and, and you know driving tests and everything else I, I i i'm a firm believer that everybody should go back to driving school every 10 years to get a refresher course you know because it's could, like so i i don't know if it necessarily has to be you know, having to go back to school for it. But I think if you had people take a, even if you have them take an online exam, like, well, okay, yeah, exactly. Yeah. They might, yeah, okay. So you do it online at home. They might be able to look up the answers on Google and cheat. That's okay. The bottom line is they still looked at it and they still had that refresher of having to, to look it up yeah. and, and read it. Some sort of refresher course needs to be put in place because, I mean, you know, you, you it, it's bad enough with the cell phones. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm hands-free right now. I have a headset. I'm talking to you hands-free. I'm concentrating on the road while I'm talking to you. But it's, you know, the people that have these. I have pictures on I-93 South of a guy, okay? I was stopped in, I was stopped in traffic, 
Okay, so I mean, I wasn't driving, actively driving. I, I was, but I was stopped. And this guy next to me in a sedan had a laptop in his lap, typing, okay, while he had an iPad on his passenger seat, with the other hand typing on his iPad. Man. He was doing, I says, how is this guy, you know, and then he, and the traffic started to move, and he still had everything in his lap. And, and I, this is ridiculous. I doubt he was know? in a self-driving car. No, absolutely not. I mean, even those, I mean, you see the Teslas driving, and people have their phones glued to their faces. That's still distracted driving. Yeah, I don't know, know that I would trust. I wouldn't. The, I wouldn't trust the car completely no. like that. No, it's crazy. You know what? Hey, hey, kudos to the you know the, the New Bedford Fire Department. They broke the windows. They put them. You know, they they made an example out of the guy. Don't park in front of fire hydrants. Even like your last caller said, twenty feet uh, from the from the corner. As a truck driver, I know I need that clearance to make tight corners in New Bedford, wherever. You know what I mean? I used to deliver Pepsi in, on the north end of New Bedford on the avenue. That was the most agonizing day of my of my work week because i knew i would encounter just stupidity over there people you know what i mean parking their cars like like you know complete idiots now hey whatever um but i i i want to end it on this and i know this will spark up some of your callers but i have a feeling that it's only going to get worse now that question six passed that's that's why i want to end it on all right i will i will let you stir that pot (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Have a good day. 508-996-0500. So yeah, he's he's referring to more license, you know, licenses being offered to folks who are here with undocumented status. So if you want to call in and chime in 508-996-0500, let's take one more call before I have to take a break. Good morning. You are next on WBSM. Tim. Yes. AP from Fayetteville. Hey, how's it going? How you doing, buddy? So listen, yeah. The problem is there's no more common courtesy anywhere with anybody. And I go to Walmart probably five times out of uh, the week, and people park right in front of the crosswalk. And, you know, they're in their car. They're waiting for somebody to go in and get something really quick. But I've, I've yelled at many people to move, get out of my crosswalk. That's my area. And I either get the finger or they take off really fast and pissed off. And too bad. That's my spot. And the other problem people are doing is when you're in between two handicapped spots, you've got all the white lines there that block it off, they're parking in there. It's crazy. Yeah, I, I, and I think the problem is is people just have no no consideration. There's right. no... Nope. And, and the nope. worst part is if you went over to try to tell people, hey, you really shouldn't do that, hey, screw you, buddy. You know what I mean? Exactly. I don't care. You know, I'm not looking for the drama, but get out of my way. That's my spot. That's my crosswalk, and that person's illegal. So my mother keeps saying, you got to stop that. You're going to get shot. Well, whatever. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't want that to happen. Please don't let that No, happen. I don't want that to happen either, but, you know, I, I can't control myself to, you know, get out of that area because it's not just me. It's, it's other people. I've seen a guy in a van with a wheelchair trying to get in there, you know, and he struggled. Also, I, I would go over and obviously help the guy. I mean, when you think even people parallel parking on the side streets and just getting too close to the other vehicles so that they won't be able to back out. I mean, that that's just, you know, no, no. that's just ignorance right there. That's just, that's just uh, being uncourteous. They say that's what bumpers are for. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, it's called a bumper so it can bump. That's right. Hey, have a great day, Tim. You as well. Take care. 
508-996-0500 if you want to call in and chime in or hit us up on app chat on the WBSM app or you can record a voicemail on our open line feature. Just make sure it's something that we can play on the air and we will do so. But I have to take a break right now. I am behind. So uh, when we come back more with you, 508-996-0500. in 508-996-0500 or hit us up on app chat on the WBSM app but I want to let you know before we jump back into the conversation and we're getting some some parking horror stories uh, but I want to let you know about some of the great deals that you can find right now at seizethedeal.com if you go there and uh, just make sure that if you haven't already if it doesn't already automatically select because sometimes people have weird location settings on their computer or on their phone uh, so just make sure that you're set to get the new Bedford deals. And when you go to SeizeTheDeal.com and you go up into the upper left-hand corner, you can change where it is that you want to be. So if it doesn't bring you to New Bedford automatically, just select New Bedford and you'll find all the great deals we have up there right now. Like $25 to Sid's Grab and Go for $12.50, $50 to the Mayflower Tavern for $25. You can get $20 to Panchero's Mexican Grill for just $10. You can get $30 to Yozakura Sushi in the south end of New Bedford for just $15. Make sure you ask for something off the secret menu. If you know anything about Japanese cuisine, you want to go there and ask for stuff that uh, you might not see on the menu, but if it's Japanese, they can make it. Uh, you can get $50 to the Bridgeview Grill for $25. You can get $50 to Buddies and Brother for $25. $25 will get you $50 at Lobster Pot. You can also get $50 to Mr. Chicken for $25. $30 to Peyton's for $15. And coming soon, you'll be able to get $50 to Yas Chicken for $25. So that'll be coming up soon. But all those other deals are available for you right now at SeizeTheDeal.com. Let's go back to the phones, 508-996-0500. Good morning. You are next on WBSM. Hey, good morning, Tim. How's it going? Great. Uh, let me start off by saying, yes, parking issue is definitely a big problem. I mean, it's so bad that literally the, the principal of my uh, daughter's school, the elementary school, has to come out every day because you have idiots parking on the crosswalk in front of school oh, man. at dismissal time. That's how bad it is. She sends out voice recordings, reminders, and she still has to physically come outside and direct traffic because people are that ignorant. So I'll start off with that. Um, and uh, in terms of that, uh, the person that parked in front of the handicapped, I mean, if anybody is, you know, kind of trying to trying to say that that was, you know, well, the kid ran inside, whatever, they're morons, mm -hmm. all right? They should, uh, that guy should have not only uh, gotten a ticket, but his car towed a slap upside the head and taken away his license because that's just stupid. Uh, however, they're... Um, in the same instance of that, and that we have to like look into it because I just heard somebody saying 20 feet. And if you think about it, that car that was parked in front of the hydrant, the car in back of it wasn't even 20 feet from the curb or the hydrant. Right. And 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 I think that that's a huge problem because, for example, 
uh, I want to say it's in the 160 Hathaway Street area. There's a there's a parking spot and there's a fire hydrant, but it's at the like I would say right near the driveway. So there is room for a car physically, and then five feet of space in front of it, in in front of the fire hydrant. However, you know you need more area, so that would kind of take away that parking spot, which doesn't make sense as well because there's plenty of room to, like, you know, maneuver around the fire hydrant, so on and so forth. So we have to look at that because that will, if, if we're going to go by the 20 feet or whatever it is, it's going to cause a major problem in this city, especially, like, in the uh, north end areas, the south end areas where there is limited parking. So, you know, we have to get creative about... Um, those types of situations. I mean, I'm driving down Brock Avenue right now. Somebody in front of a fire hydrant. Uh, somebody. Uh, it's a spot on the uh, basically on the corner between the corner and a driveway, and there is a hydrant there as well. So that would eliminate that parking spot completely, which wouldn't be necessary because there's enough room for a car, but not the 20 feet, so on and so forth. Right. So I'm, I'm looking it up here. So it is. It's the state law. That says that it prohibits parking within 20 feet of any intersecting way. So, and it's 10 feet for with, within a, near a uh, hydrant. So 10 feet on either side of the hydrant should be left clear. And you have to be 20 feet back from the intersecting way. So that means that any, you know, it doesn't even have to be like a major intersection. It could be a quiet road that nobody ever goes down. But by law, you got to be 20, 20 feet away from uh, from where it happens. And, and I understand why, but well, you're right. It does cause a chain reaction. If one person parks too close, another person's going to go right behind them because they think that that's okay to park there. And now, you know, you've got three cars that could all be ticketed. Yeah, correct. So, you know, we need to get creative. We live in the city, you know, there's limited parking as there is. And, and those examples, like I just said, that like one spot, it's in between driveways, but there is a fire hydrant. If we go by the letter of the law, that would eliminate that spot completely. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've, I've parked there personally, and there's, you know, I make sure to not hug. I don't want to hug the driveway. I give it, like, maybe, like, three feet, and I would say there's five feet from the fire hydrant, uh, so plenty of room to maneuver around it. However, if we go by the letter of the law, can't park there. So you know, I'm just thinking, you know, out loud that would just cause a whole nother issue whatsoever but i agree with the other caller i mean you have some ignorant people out there <laughs> so, right so uh, you know it definitely is a problem all right well thank you for the call have a yeah, good day you got it. Yep, bye. and i listen i would never want to have less opportunities for firefighters to be able to fight fires but i also would ask do are all the hydrants that we still have out there now necessary and i'm, I'm not trying to say let's get rid of fire hydrants but do they all need to be active because were they put in at a time before we had the more modern fire equipment more modern fire equipment that we have now where maybe they have longer hoses and and, and more ability to be able to to reach another hydrant or i i don't know i'm just trying to think out loud um i don't think anybody that lives in a home would want to see a fire hydrant taken away even if it meant there'd be another parking space there, if it also meant that they might have to go further down the road to be able to find a hydrant to, to put out a fire at your home. But there's a lot of factors that are contributing to this. One, I, you know, when, when these homes were built and when people were, were congregating in these areas, I don't think people traveled as much every day to have to go to work 
to go to school to all these for all these different things so they didn't necessarily need a vehicle as a vehicle became more necessary and you've got more people living in these apartments in these tenements they've got more vehicles and then the other part is everybody wants to drive a big ass suv these days and think about that like so i was thinking about trading in my car because I'm making the final payment on it next month. And I've said, I'd like to have a car with more room. You know, so that when I go and do my events, I can load up, uh, put all my stuff in the back, all the, you know, the food and snacks and paranormal equipment and everything that I bring. I'd like to have more room. But then I thought to myself, you know what, though? With an SUV, like, that's harder to park places. I like having my little car that I can, when I go to, to something at the, at the, the garden or at the dunk or whatever, or whatever it's called now, I can go and park in any space. I don't need to find these particular spaces and I can get around other vehicles and I can parallel park downtown if I need to and all these things. So I think part of it is we've got a lot of folks who just drive bigger vehicles than they need and so they need a bigger parking space. 508-996-0500. Let's take another call, then I have to take a break. Good morning. You are next on WBSM. Hey, Tim, how are you doing? Good, how are you? Good. Have you ever heard of uh, five-minute break? I know you're not supposed to park in front of Ivory, and that's number one anyway. Mm -hmm. But number two is, have you ever heard of a uh, 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 five-minute break in the windows to put those in? They just did. They just did on I, Saturday. I know, they, I know they just did, but I'm saying all my life, I've never heard of anybody breaking the windows to get through. What, what would they have done before? I don't know. i never seen it all my life, but I want to tell you something. It was on TV last week. I believe it was in New York, and it was showing the firemen busting the two front windows, okay? And I wonder if they got that from there. I don't know, maybe. I mean, <laughs> I think maybe they're just fed up with having to see this all the time, and they, they wanted to make an example out of this person, perhaps. Oh, no, but I'm just saying it's just funny. I've watched it last week on TV. And then all of a sudden, I hear you saying this on the news. I even told my wife, I said, they must have watched this in New York because I never, I, never I never heard of it before. You know, the, the New Bedford police were nice. I mean, New Bedford Fire Department, rather, was nice enough to break the back windows, it looked like, so that yeah. the, at least the driver's seat wouldn't get soaked if it rained. <laughs> so, well, you know what? Nice they don't belong there. Nice enough, I guess. Whatever yeah, right, no, it shouldn't, shouldn't be there at all. Whatever the firemen got to do, they got to do. That's it. You know you don't belong there. Absolutely. Okay, Tim, you all have right. a good day. You as well. Take care. Good, good show. 508-996-0500. If you want to call in and chime in or hit us up on app chat on the WBSM app or open line voicemail option on the WBSM app. We'll be right back. Welcome back in 508-996-0500 or hit us up on app chat or open line on the WBSM app. Let's go back to the phones. Good morning. You are next on WBSM. Yes. Good morning. Oh, yeah. Am I on the air? You are on the air. Oh, okay. The, uh, I'm a retired firefighter and uh, quite a few years ago, it happened to me on County and Hertz Street. We had to break the windows to put the hose in so we could get water to the engine. So this isn't the first time it has happened. I just wanted to let you know. Sure. And it's just just for for my own clarification, is because this has come up in some questions, is there a reason why you break the windows to go straight through as opposed to trying to go around the vehicle? Well, if, the, if it's 
too close to the hydrant. How can you possibly get the hose there without kinking it? It's impossible. And and furthermore, we try opening the doors. And if the doors aren't open, then we have to break the windows. No, perfect. That's the explanation that I assumed was there, but I'd rather hear it from a firefighter than, than me right. trying to explain to people. Yeah, but it did happen, and it's happened before. Well, okay. And I'm sure, I'm sure you didn't want to have to do it, but they left you no choice. Right, absolutely, and I think it was so ridiculous, the person parking there. You know, it, I can't understand people. The reasoning they have to park in front of a fire hydrant. You know, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Okay, right. I thank you. Thank you so much. Yes, you're welcome. And uh, that, I mean, it, it, it's, it's, I don't know if it's a sense of entitlement. I don't know if it is a sense of defiance to say, well, you make it so hard for me to be able to park anywhere. I'm going to park here. I don't know if it's ignorance of just being unaware that you're not supposed to park in front of a fire hydrant. I mean, I know, I know it, it's common sense to you or I, but... Maybe it's not to everybody. I mean, I, if you've taken the, the road test, if you've taken the, light, the permit test where they ask you all the questions, it's certainly in the book, I believe. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe there is something to be said for having a, a retesting, not, not of something that's going to you know, cause you to lose your license. Because you shouldn't lose your license for just being able to, un, you know, for not being able to answer some questions that you did get correct when you were 16 years old. And now it's 40 years later, and you might not remember all the different ins and outs of who has the right of way at a railroad crossing. It's the train, by the way. But, you know, just think of all these different things uh, that I'm trying to, you know, think of that are. And there's there's also probably questions that was on the test when I took it, you know, however long that was, almost 30 years ago, where it those things might not apply anymore. So I'm sure it changes and, and there's variations of it over time. But I don't think it would be a bad thing to, you know, every 10 years to, to ask somebody to just take a multiple choice test. Even if they do it at home and they can cheat on it, whatever. It gets them to look up the answers and look at it and read it. And it's just a refresher. It's just a mandatory refresher for things. It doesn't mean that you'll lose your license. It's just something that you'll have to complete to get your license, to, to renew your license. You know what I mean? So... I wouldn't be against that. I know that when it came to, you know, teaching my son to drive, he, he took, he took uh, driving lessons and went to the driving school, had the driving hours, all that stuff. And his mom took him on most of the, the parental driving hours that he had to go on because, uh, well, because my car wasn't exactly legal at the time. So I didn't want him driving my car uh, with an expired inspection sticker. So, once I did get the sticker replaced, I took him out on some, some driving hours and I made sure that I refreshed my memory by taking a look at the online course manual. And there was stuff in there that I did not remember. And I'm sure there'd be stuff in there that you wouldn't remember. And it's not that you, it's not that you don't observe it. It's just that you don't think about it. So you might be out there on the road actively driving and doing these things. But if somebody asks you, you might be like, um, hold on, let me think. Like, one thing that I would never, never forgot in my life is that what thickly settled means and how fast you can go in a thickly settled area and kind of, you know, if, you, if there is no signage, how to, how to guesstimate it. And my ba the basic rule of thumb was 
just just go 35 miles an hour. Like if you're not sure, if there's nothing posted and you're in a residential area, go 35 miles an hour. And that's never never failed me. You know, I've I've gotten one speeding ticket in my life and I got it wiped away by the by the magistrate because I had never had any other speeding tickets or any other real infractions like that. So they said, okay, well, if you keep your nose clean for another six months, we'll make it go away. And so they did. And I don't, I don't usually speed. This just happened to be one time that I was, something was wrong and I was kind of panic driving and went, went too fast. But the, the bottom line is we could all use that refresher. Caller, hang on. I do have to take a break. We'll be back in just a few moments. All right. We only have about a minute before we have to go into the newsroom. So, caller, I'm going to ask you to just hold over for the next hour. I know you have to wait through the news. I'm sorry. Uh, But feel free to hang up and call back if you need to. And we will take more of your calls in the next hour. But I do want to just let you all know, too, uh, that coming up in the 11 o'clock hour, we will be joined by Jack Spillane of New Bedford Light. So we'll be turning on the light. We will talk about his column about who's been announcing runs for the city council and uh, what might happen in the city council race. We'll also talk to him about what might happen in the mayoral race this year as well. We can also talk to him about the New Bedford Lights reporting on the Royal Crown Rimming House fire and, uh, and some of the information that they turned up. Uh, and again, there were two more fires over the weekend. Thankfully, nobody was injured, uh, but they were both um, you know, fast, fast acting by the New Bedford Fire Department kept them from being a lot worse than they could be, except for that poor guy who parked in front of the hydrant. You learned your lesson, didn't you? Don't park there. Seconds matter. And you, uh, you now have two busted windows uh, to... Uh, to uh, for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.